Everyone listen up, start the podcast. It's got a favorite host with the coolest guest. She's gonna make us laugh. It's been a while, hasn't it? It's been a long time. Hello, friends. Hello, people that occasionally listen to this podcast. Um, I guess I'm back. It's Kathleen McGee is a hot mess, and we're back. Um, I just kind of... People were asking me, like, why are you not doing episodes anymore? And I don't know. I just kind of... I, I, I think, like, uh, when I stopped, I was really feeling down and not like I couldn't find a lot of humor in anything it was a really weird fucking time um I felt like all I could talk about was the the whole me too stuff and I didn't want that to be the focal point of my podcast but it was frustrating and um yeah I just felt like I didn't want to do that and plus I also it was just kind of like, is anybody actually listening to this? And I've seen numbers. I know people listen, but it's also kind of like, I'm just doing this and I don't, I don't know if I'm getting anything out of it anymore. But then I stopped and I started to miss it. I started to miss posting every week and uh, I started to miss talking to people. So, um, so this summer I was on a tour on the East coast of Canada and uh i taped a couple episodes and i've had them the whole time and i just haven't i've been lazy i don't know what it was i don't know why i i was unable to release it's the same reason why my fucking comedy album <laughs> has been sitting for almost it might be getting close to 4 years now and i've listened to it and it's great um it's not great it's it's okay i don't know i i can't release it. i will but it's I'm an idiot. I, I think I'm like my own worst enemy when it comes to my career. Honestly, like I just, I think I just don't try as hard as I used to. I think after the whole um, America debacle where I couldn't get back in, it really took the wind out of my sails for quite some time. Even now I'm not as motivated as I used to be, but it, I'm starting to get that back because I honestly love I love making people laugh. It is so much fun. Every time I'm feeling awful, I'll have a, a couple of good shows on a weekend. Even if I have a bad fucking show, I still feel better. I still feel a lot better. But, uh, yeah. So I guess I'm just starting to focus more. I moved back to Edmonton. I got out of Vancouver. My dogs are being annoying. Stop. They're making noises. My Eugene sounds like a fucking monkey sometimes when he fights. Stop. And also the dogs. So Eugene was with me on the East Coast and uh, he was at this taping and he was running around with the guest's dog who is adorable. We'll, we'll talk about that guest soon. And um, they fucked us up. They fucked me over. I think the first 10 minutes of the podcast gone because they ran past the recorder and unplugged it and it just died because I don't have any batteries in it. And it erased that first part. So unfortunately, this podcast is going to start in a weird place where uh, we just restarted it after the dogs 
fucked things up. But but you know what? They're so cute. You can't get you can't get angry at them. That's probably why dogs are cute, so that you don't murder them. Same reason for children. That's always been my reasoning. Anyway, so yeah, so I'm back and. I might start a Patreon. I've had a couple people tell me that they would pay into it. I don't know. Would enough people pay into it for me to start doing it? What do I put on it? I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm a fan of podcasts that I listen. I listen to mostly true crime. Let's be honest. I'm a true crime podcast lover. Um, and they all have sponsors and all this stuff. And maybe I should try and get something like that. But for now, we're going to maybe set up a Patreon for this. Because quite honestly, I'd love to start making money <laughs> doing comedy. It's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. You still don't make any money doing this, but you can't stop because it's so fun to do and you love what you do. Every time I come out, go on tour, I come home with maybe, after everything, maybe a couple hundred bucks in my bank account. Um, that's usually at a zero, so that's a good thing. Uh, but yeah, it's very, it's a frustrating business. Uh, you do feel very like you're spinning your wheels. At least I do, all the time, but... But here I am. I'm back in the car. I'm going to start doing the podcast again. I'm going to get that album out. I'm going to find my drive again. I'm not crying. <laughs> I'm not crying. And, uh, oh, yeah. And did you like the new uh, theme song to Kathleen McGee's A Hot Mess? Thank you. Thank you so much to my uh, buddy and, like, basically big brother. He's older than me, so I can say it. Uh, thank you to Billy Dixon. And thank you to the Adamans. They're such a great band. Go find their their album online. It's so much fun. Their album is just fun to listen to. Go to it. I'm sure it's on all of the streaming uh, things. The Adamans, uh, so much fun. But they wrote that. Billy wrote that for me, and it that's the first time anyone's ever written a song for me. <laughs> it felt pretty nice. It was pretty special. So I hope you guys like it. Um, I'm in Edmonton now, so I don't know uh, what kind of people I'm going to be getting on this podcast. But let's just try and get everybody. Let's just see who we can get. Let's just have a fun time again. I miss having fun all the time. And I want to get fun back in my life, which means staying off most social medias. <laughs> because social media is like the most depressing place. You will go down a, a sad rabbit hole. Anyway, uh, let's talk about this week's episode. The We're finally back. And I'm so excited that um, I was able to get the one and only Nikki Payne. She is an amazing comedian. Um, she's always been a comic that I've looked up to. We talk about a lot of things on this podcast. We mostly of all, um, what happens when you, I mean, she left America. She didn't, she decided to move to a small town in New Brunswick and people, it's so funny because people think you've given up and we talk about that and she's not given up. She's still working. She's still amazing, but she's also trying to live a little bit of a normal life, which when you're a comedian, you can't live a normal life. Like I was basically homeless for three years and not in the fact that I was sleeping on the streets, but I didn't have my own fixed address. I stayed with people. I, you know, I didn't have, um, a home. I hadn't had a home in so long and it, there's this crazy thing it's fun for a while, but after a while, you just, you just crave a place and a home. So um, that's I think we we talk about that. I can't. We did this in August, so I don't fully remember everything. But <laughs> uh, yeah, it's great. And Nikki Payne is one of the funniest women, and uh, she was out there blazing trails early on um, 
in the comedy world and uh she's just like one of the most lovely people and her home is lovely and her little dog Emilio Estevez amazing and her cat Battle Cat we had so much fun hanging out uh in her backyard taping this episode we went to the beach after it was nice I think I just want to focus on making things fun and uh yeah let's not I mean I am still a majorly a hot mess <laughs> like some people have said well maybe you're just not a hot mess anymore that's why you can't do it and I'm like no I blacked out two times this weekend when I was getting blackout drunk and um I've done some crazy things and um I don't think I'll ever not be a hot mess but I mean that's me people wouldn't want to listen to this if I was a boring person they wouldn't so thank you to everybody that has messaged me and told me they want to hear the podcast again and that they miss it and uh for getting me off my ass and thank you to my producer jay kirsch for saying absolutely the second i texted him and told him i wanted to start pumping out episodes again um yeah i don't know what else to say if i set up a patreon i don't know if i should if you hear this and you think i should because you might donate some sort of money to me then i will do it but i I think that's the most humiliating thing. Like, what if I set up a Patreon and nobody joins? Oh, my God. (laughs) That would be so humiliating. That would be so humiliating. It's the same thing I think about, I think, with the album. Like, what if I release my album and nobody listens to it? (laughs) What if I can't get to number one on the iTunes chart like every fucking comedian that has ever released an album of all time? Everyone gets to number one. I, it's always funny when comics like, look at me, I'm number one. Yeah, for everyone is. <laughs> because not enough people is, release albums all the time. And yeah, if everybody downloads it in one day, you're going to shoot to the top of the charts. But I don't want to crush anybody's happiness. I should be, I'm being too negative when I'm trying to be more positive and I'm trying to be a better person and a nicer person. But I'm not going to be nice to everyone. Not everybody deserves to be treated nicely. Anyway... Okay, let's get to this episode. Um, thank you again for listening. Uh, send me your feedback on Twitter, Kathleen underscore McGee, or let me know you're listening on Instagram. I'll put it in my story, Kathleen underscore McGee. Um, yeah, I'm back. I hope I, I hope I'm back. <laughs> I hope I don't just release two episodes and go away. No, I'm focusing. I'm gonna focus. I promise. And uh, you're going to love this episode. It was a really great conversation. So let's, I'm going to shut up and uh, let's get to this episode with the fabulous and talented and amazing Nikki Payne. Dogs are assholes, and then you just and they proved by. it. They <laughs> proved that our dogs are assholes. But at least they're playing. They unplugged it. our our thing. They're playing now. I don't think they're frenemies anymore. I, I, uh, I don't know. I think all of Emilio's friends are frenemies. <laughs> <laughs> He's always kind of like, yeah, we're good so long as you know that I'm the boss. Yeah, yeah. And I think right now they're playing chase, but Emilio's trying to catch Eugene so he can hump him. To show him that the he's dominance, your boss. yeah. To give it to him after yeah. Eugene walked into your house yeah. and peed on his favorite pig. Well, toy. yeah, Eugene started it. He, Eugene uh, did. But start you know it. what I love about yeah. Now Amelia's humping. I'm trying to. <laughs> 
Trying a show. Yeah. He... I had a podcast with Simon King and he was humping a snake next to Simon King the entire time. And mm-hmm. it was really, he was like literally yeah. sweating. Yeah. He showing was humping Simon, it so much. Showing Simon like, uh, he was boss. He was boss. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we were talking about growing up in a trailer park in yes. Nova Scotia. So, uh, my first, you know, politically correct answer is no. We were just, mm-hmm. you know, working. You know, class. class people. That's what we could afford, and we were hardworking people that paid our our lot rent and 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 owned our own you know homes as modest as they might have been. Um, uh, but then when I talked to my brother, I was like, uh, first off, the first episode I ever saw, I was confused because they do it like a documentary. Yeah. So I called my brother just because they were more his age because I was, like, recognizing things, right? So I called my brother. And I was like, there's this thing on Showcase, uh, like a documentary, because I didn't understand what it was. Like, I'd only watched, like, five minutes of it, right? Yeah. And I was like, do you know these guys? <laughs> and he's like, no, no. You and thought then, it was, like, real? Because well, it's done in a doc, like, yeah. early on. Like I don't know what it became like, later, but it was sort of like a mockumentary, yeah, the right? Ones, yeah. And so, like, when you watch only, like, five minutes of it and you're, like, going, oh, my God, they're in, like, my neighborhood, basically, right? I immediately was like, well, they're more my brother's age. So I called my brother and I was like, do you know any of these guys? Right? So that kind of gives you a hint that, like, maybe it wasn't completely... You know, like, because I, I had that conversation with my brother. I was like, do you watch it? And he's like, no. And I was like, I don't either. <laughs> right? But I was like, but it is funny. And he was like, yeah. He goes, I think it's just that it cuts a little too close to the bone for me. So I think that might have been what it was. That it was just a little too on. Like, yeah. cause it, it was a very funny show, obviously, yeah. right? Um, but, yeah, I think it was just a little too, like, I think when, oh, I'm embarrassed for myself. Well, yeah, <laughs> but I also yeah. think that like any time you watch like a show, even if it's about an ER or it's about a fire station, you talk to people that actually work in those situations. They're like, "This is not what it's yeah. like." Or- yes and no, right? Like it wasn't like that every day, but there were characters that existed Definitely. in my world that were similar to those to those folks. Yeah. And, uh, but not every day. It was also, you know how, like, nothing's ever black or white. It's always gray, right? And it's like, yeah, there were people that totally sold drugs in my neighborhood. There there were people people that totally did drugs in my neighborhood, right? But it was also the kind of place where growing up, uh, the kind of place where growing up, um, you know, any adult that told, like, any adult had the same you know, authority as your parent, yeah. right? So if any adult told you to stop doing something, you did. You stopped doing it, right? And everybody looked out for everybody else's kids. Was it like sort of right? like a, every, it's, it takes a village? That's kind of yeah, like what it was like. Yeah, yeah. So it was both those things, yeah. right? It was like rough and and not rough. Like, you know, there was a lot of things too that went on. Like, I didn't, you didn't really clue in what they were because you were a kid, right? And it wasn't until, like, later that you're like, oh, man, that that's why, you know, Angie's dad sleeps all day, <laughs> right? Like, he was on opiates. Okay. I get it. I don't mean to laugh so hard, it. but it is, like, this weird like, realization of yeah, stuff when you were a kid. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, so, yeah, it was, you know, those sort of things. To me, right. though, it seems like a like a like it would be an awesome place to grow up because there's a sense of community. I don't feel, 
there's that much of a sense of community in many big cities anymore. It, I, when I was a kid growing up in my neighborhood, we had like block parties, we had like community parties. But I, don't I think that was just the time, though. I don't think yeah. that was necessarily because we were in a trailer park. I yeah. think just it was a. I think in the eighties, growing up, it was just. I think we might have been like the last kind of generation because did, we didn't right? have Netflix. Our parents had to go and get drunk in the Crescent yeah. while we played with the other kids. And right. <laughs> like, that's what our parents but did. But also, too, I think we romanticize childhood, too. I think you Everyone hit a does. certain age and then you're like, oh, the kids today don't have what we have, right? Like, So I think we romanticize it a bit, too. Yeah. Right. Well, we were but, kind of the last generation that w- was raised without the internet. Well, yeah. Well, that's a funny fact we are actually this generation like generation xers i think is what we are i'm a cusper of uh, yeah. millennial and the x yeah. I'm 81 and uh and so yeah and i'm kind of on the other cusp yeah right and uh because i was 76 and uh so um but we're the last ones to know an analog world like we're the last generation to to remember phones that you know hung on walls. That yeah, you couldn't take your phone with you. Yeah, and you know we're and we're the first generation that started learning about the internet in school. Yeah, you were probably high school. Yeah, it was high school. Yeah, I was college. I still have my yeah, email, it, my it very first email from high school. It's still my email. It's I, a have my mail. Mail. Yeah, yes, I have my hotmail. Yeah, I have my hotmail. Yeah, I've had my hotmail forever, <laughs> and it's terrible. It's, it's terrible. terrible. It's now. embarrassing, it but also loses, I'm proud of but it. it loses mail now. Does it? Yeah. And now that it switched to Outlook, they lose mail. Like what? there's people yeah, so I switched over to my university email for like important stuff. Yeah. Because yeah, stuff will just go missing. Whoa, I didn't know that. Yeah. Watch, so. I could have missed out on a $200 paying gig Yeah, or you kind of might want to make sure you have a more secure, because that's what I've been noticing with my Hotmail, except people are like, yeah, I, I emailed you like three times. Oh and I'm like, gosh. yeah, I never got it. Hotmail, you're you're letting us yeah. down. It's terrible. It, yeah, it is terrible. Yeah, so now I just give it to like in stores when they're like, what's your email? Yeah. Hotmail. What do you think this generation is going to have to bitch about when they're our age? You know, like when kids, like, that's what I always think is funny. Because, like, I remember a fun weekend was we go to the Blockbuster video and rent a video. And not, you couldn't always get the one you wanted. It's not the same now. Well, I think we're already bitching about poor millennials. And I feel really bad for them because I'm back in university. So I'm actually going to school with, like, you know, I'm surrounded by millennials. And they're not as bad as we think they are. They're going to be, the kids are going to be okay. Everybody thinks that younger generations, the hippies are bad. They're polite. Yes. They're sweet. They're they're just as hardworking as any other person that age, you know. Are they sensitive, though? Like, is that true? Like that they they're very sensitive and um you know because I find like a lot of comedians complain that millennials don't have a sense of humor right um I go to a small university I'm at Mount Allison oh, oh, oh. what's the mascot Ian Hannah Manning um Ian Hannah Manning went to my school um. <laughs> He's from Amherst. You guys spent the night there. We spent the night in Amherst. He's an Amherst boy. That's exciting. Um, And I can't believe he's not doing the national news. I was like, I was like, no, Ian's up. Ian's up. Yeah, they just. I was like, like, and now they got like four people doing it, right? And I was like, no, it's Ian's time. It's Ian's time. Ian has worked damn hard. Waiting. Yeah. And now, no, it's Ian's job. It's Ian's job. You need to start a like an online petition. (laughs) 
He earned it. He earned it. And he has it. a great name. That's such a good name. It really is a good name, isn't it? It's just, it rolls yeah. off the It really does tongue. roll off the tongue. <laughs> the National News with Ian Hanneman saying, see? <laughs> We're, I'm going to tag CBC in, the, in yeah. this. Emilio, <laughs> you're ruining my interview. This this podcast always I'm has famous. dogs <laughs> You don't give a shit, do you? They don't. They never do. They never do. So you think millennials are just like? I think they're going to be fine. Gonna I think they're going to be fine. I don't see any massive like, you know, political correctness on. You know, I don't see anything that's like unreasonable. Yeah. You know, they seem like nice kids that want to change the world. Yeah. And who am I to tell them that they're not? Yeah. Right, I'm not gonna be the one that pisses like it. Yeah, no, we thought we were here. Is Mount Allison in We thought we were gonna make things better too. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> the baby boomers thought they were doing everything right, oh. and clearly we see what's happened with that. But yeah. everybody makes yeah. mistakes. Is Mount yeah. Allison in Sackville? Yes, Sackville, New Brunswick. So I did a show there once in mm-hmm. a really small restaurant, and there was was um, it a spaghetti restaurant? I think that was it. Yeah, Tony's or whatever. I yeah, think Tony's. That's where yeah, it was. no, really nice. The owner's super nice. Yeah. Get the meatballs. They're oh, really good. I always get meatballs if they're around. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so I did a show there, and I met these girls that were running the women women's gender studies courses at Mount Allison, and they really liked my comedy, which yeah. I really like because I get told all the time, "Oh, you're so dirty, so dirty." But I feel like even more so. Like I feel like I it, it's women come up to me and say, "You say the things that I want to say." Oh no, I think uh, we get the dirty label. Uh, because we're women. I, I do. So too. Because I don't even, yes. I never considered early you dirty. On, early on in my career, I humped the air. Yeah. Right? And said a few dirty words. Right? Like nobody else was saying dirty words. Like no men were saying it. Right? And, uh, you know, I was in my 20s. I had li- less life experience. So I talked about the thing that I was the most... Passionate emotional, about. passionate about, and right? That was air. <laughs> and, you know, and it was like you know, sex. And but if you listen to it, I was ta- I was a virgin during most yeah. of my twenties, yeah. right? And you know, I was talking about how I don't understand it and how it's confusing and awkward, and I'm scared. It was the line through whenever but people just saw me humping as oh she's dirty right? Mm-hmm. But I was actually talking about how like I haven't had sex yet. Yeah. And I'm frightened about it, right? And even when I talk about sex now, the line through it is, you know, don't rush. It's nothing to rush. It's nicer if you don't. Yeah. Right? Like, that is the line through. Yes, I say dirty things around that, but that's the underlying message. And I only talk about sex for, like, a small portion, and then I talk about taxes and home ownership, yeah, and all the things that frighten me now, right? But if in you talked 40s, about sex at but one I'm point, I'm still getting put on the nasty show, and I go on these nasty shows, and I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not. Really I'm going to talk about my septic tank. I mean, it's dirty, but <laughs> not dirty, dirty. I just it frightens me, you yeah. know. I it frightens me that I'm in charge of my own shit. <laughs> That's, that's a big responsibility. Yeah. Right? And, uh, you know, so, like, it, but yet, yeah, still, and it, it annoys me a bit. Like, you know, I don't care, like, you know, if people think, like, 
you know, dirty comedy is funny. Clean comedy can be fun- funny. As long as funny, it's funny, yeah. Right? But it does bother me that, like, festivals and TV shows and stuff like that, rather than listening to what I'm saying, have decided that when I was 22 years old, I was dirty. You. And so I will be dirty for the rest of my life. I find that, too. Right? That is annoying. That's yeah. what happens a lot here is... And if there are comics listening, you will get pigeonholed if you go into one They're certain... They're going to decide what you yeah. are. And I don't know if there's anything that you can really do about that. No. Like, even if you're All the right? crazy frat guy comic. When then you're you in your be, 40s... Yeah, they're... you'll be the crazy frat guy comic. Yeah. Even though now you're talking about raising kids. But I don't know. Do guys have this issue? I was... Or, I... or do women just get, you know, if, if you tell a poo joke... Once in your life, you're filthy. You're, you're filthy forever. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not saying that it is. I'm just saying I, it'd be interesting to find out. Like I'm thinking somebody that comes to mind that always gets put on the dirty shows is someone like Mike Wilmot. But he's amazing. He's an amazing comedian and he's still put on corporates and he's still put on. He's still yeah. thought of as every he could do anything. Yeah. Right. So I and feel he as, can do anything. Yes. But I feel like you could do anything. So like, why aren't you? I don't like corporate. Nobody likes corporates. Nobody like people I, are garbage at corporates. Nobody likes corporates. They really are. I had a drunk woman throw a dinner roll at me once at a tire company oh my God. in Northern Ontario, in Huntsville. I had a drunk chick chuck a dinner roll at me, and I was told before the show you need to be really uh, clean because this is the management night Ugh. at our Christmas party, and these are very highly educated, very. You know, and some basic bitch threw a dinner roll at me. That's the high class. That's high class. Yeah. High class Huntsville. <laughs> Throwing a fucking dinner roll That's at me. true, though. She's and- an animal. She, who, if you're out there, lady, you know who you are, and you're a fucking animal. And Nikki is not yeah. a fan. I, I find, like, it's funny because I'll talk to... I've never... If that corporate. had happened now, I would have left the stage immediately. Yeah. I was in my 20s, we and can... I was like, I'm never doing corporates again. I hate corporates. They're garbage people. They are garbage people because They're they think garbage people. we paid for you to be here. We can do and say whatever we want. Yeah. And I've never been booked. I've only booked it's corporates myself. It's not because myself. I have to be clean at the yeah. corporate. It's because... They're awful. They're garbage human beings. And it's not that half the people aren't even there well, to see comedy. You're partying with people that they hate, first <laughs> off. They're being forced to go to an event with people like they can't wait to get the fuck away from at 5 o'clock yeah. at the end of the day and tell their wives and husbands how much they hate them. <laughs> and now they're sitting there having to be nice with them. Yeah. All right. And so they drink more than what they're supposed to. And then the ones that everybody really hates drink a lot too and then they start showing why everybody hates them and they end up throwing a dinner roll at the comedian and that's why i don't do corporate <laughs> I not love because it. i can't be clean yeah it's because i hate you <laughs> <laughs> it's because people suck okay i want to get back onto like what i we started talking about because you moved out here to nova scotia or no new brunswick six years ago and I just moved back to Edmonton, and I get this feeling that people think I'm giving up on myself. You just are. because I've moved. You've given up on everything. Everything. I'm giving up on everything. But I just want to be able to afford things. And uh, I being yeah. out here on the East Coast, I I feel it in my... sounds so corny, but I feel it in my soul that I need to be 
out here in the countryside. It's so beautiful out here. Why am I not? There's country in Alberta, too. Yeah, but there's Very no ocean. Beautiful. Very I love beautiful. ocean. There's mountains. And yes, I know. I know. I'm not saying don't come. <laughs> She's like, I'm no. Just saying Kathleen, stay that away. you'll be really far away from your family. That then. is true. That's, that's like, uh, this isn't something, and I, of course, could not afford a, a place right now, but in the oh, future. you could afford a place here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that even. Yeah. I don't know about that even. Okay. But yeah. Uh, so what made you decide to, to to leave Toronto and just kind of have a nice, beautiful... Well, I'll tell you the rumor that I heard first. Oh, good. I, I'm I excited. I had a friend tell me that the rumor around New Brunswick now is that... <laughs> I swear to God, I'm not making this up. It makes me giggle. That's why I keep telling my dog I'm famous. <laughs> um, uh, that I couldn't handle fame. That it all came too fast. <laughs> I, had to, I, had to, I have to say it this way, guys. This is how it sounds. I couldn't handle fame, and I had to run away. I couldn't. It was too much, too fast, and I, I ran away from fame. So that apparently is a rumor, which I think is awesome. With your neighbors and everybody a, here? No, like the comedy community. Oh, are you for real? Yeah, that's what somebody told me. Oh lord! You know how comedians can be. They can be worse than old ladies at a bingo hall. Oh, the rumor like, mill's ridiculous. Yeah, they can be kind of ridiculous. So, yeah. um, but what really happened was, um, you know, there's a certain progression that you're supposed to make, right? And uh, you're supposed to go to LA at some point, right? Because that's the law. And uh, <laughs> you know, like okay, comedy law says, you have reached a point in which now you have to leave. Yeah, and you know, and okay. And I went. Well, it's Canadian comedy law, sorry to interrupt. Canadian comedy yeah. law, yeah. And uh, so um, so I did what I was supposed to do, and I got the paperwork, and I went to L.A. And I love L.A. Mm-hmm. Really nice place. Awesome. Maybe if I was younger, I might have stayed. Um, but I was getting a little older, and I was like, oh, I don't want to start. Like, You have to start again. To get to that level, to play at that level. You really have to want it. You have to want it with every fiber of your being, right? And I don't know if I ever wanted it that bad. Like, I kind of fell into comedy. Mm -hmm. Like, I just kind of realized I was good at telling jokes. But I don't love it. Like, Like, I had roommates that, like were students of comedy like they knew everybody's bits yeah. and they like you know they just drank it in right and i hardly even watch it on tv anymore i'm just like ugh, yeah. i don't want to watch somebody stand and talk at me all right yes. all right like like i don't i don't love it like i love it and i love what it's done for me mm-hmm. uh but i got there and realized that i did not have what it took inside, and maybe even talent-wise, I don't know, but I definitely didn't have what was in my heart needed to be there to be able to start all over again, to spend the kind of money that you're going to have to spend to be there. And, you know, back with a dozen roommates in, you know, an apartment again, and just and the level of stress goes up yeah. higher and I had an anxiety disorder and didn't really know it and uh, I I think I had it my whole life right but um, 
you know, it was making it worse. <laughs> like, oh, absolutely. Because, like, even your manager, who who's supposed to be, and I love Judy, don't get me wrong. She's an amazing human being. But, like, she would get, like, anxious, like, okay, you're going in with this director. He's done this, he's done this, he's done this. This could really be a good, like, and so, like, the level of, like, oh, my God. Now I freak out. If I fuck this up, everything's over. <laughs> right? And, like... And so it was making my anxiety disorder, like, way worse, like, you know. And so I just, I was happy on one end and I'm not happy on another. So I came back to Toronto, but I didn't really know what to do in Toronto. So then I was like, well, what are my other dreams? What are, you know, because, you know, you focus on comedy for 20 years, right? And it's your life, right? And I was like, well, there's other things I like to do. I like to live by the ocean. I'd love to have a quiet little home. You know, I have just a little cottage. It's nothing. I'm not living in any kind of mansion. It's beautiful, like, though. It's cute. It looks yeah. like a little gingerbread house. But it's, you know, it's not, I'm not living in a lap of luxury by any stretch, yeah. right? But it's cute. And the beach is at the end of the road. We're going to the beach when this is done. And my dog can run around without his leash on. And, you know, it's fun. Yeah. And I wanted that in a way to be closer to my family again. And I wanted to go back to university because I quit university and I really kind of regret it that mm-hmm. and so those are the things that I'm doing now yeah right? I, I get how you're feeling because I I mean I, I didn't I wasn't in love with comedy as much as other comedians were and it took me a really long time to admit that because I felt really bad that I didn't feel that way because everybody around me was like no do this till I die and I'm like I really don't want to do this till I die <laughs> I <didn't> really <laughs> I mean, there's worse work. Yeah, but I really don't want to be touring. I still forever. have a little bit of that passion. I still want to be in this, but I, I yeah, and don't feel bad about no, that. No, no, no. Because forever I felt bad for feeling yeah. the opposite, right? But like you know, it's whatever you feel is what you feel. Yeah, right? like. You but know. I think the a big part about being a comedian is you do have to leave your family. You do have to leave your friends. And that was a big reason for me wanting to go back to Edmonton. I missed my friends that I had before comedy. I mm-hmm. missed my family and I started watching This Is Us. <laughs> and then I started getting really homesick and I was finally like, mm-hmm. I just want to go back to Edmonton. I just I live in Vancouver and it's a beautiful city, but I don't have any friends that are not comedians. Yeah. And like my boyfriend is from there, and so I had his family, but it's just not the same. And I'd been same. away from my family forever, and it, it's just nice to go back. Yeah, there's you know, my niece grew up while I was gone. Yeah, my nephew did. You yeah. know, and so like, yeah, I just I don't know. Yeah, I guess I just I mean, I gave you the nice version. I guess the real <laughs> real version was I was just too lazy. Yeah, like, it's. It's a lot of work to be lazy. If you want to be a comic in LA, you're going to have to work a lot and you have to start at the bottom again. And yeah. when you look at social media and all the comics down there, it's a not all poolside parties. They don't ever post when they're crying because they can't yeah. make a friend down there yeah. or they're alone or they're broke. <clears throat> Nobody posts that kind of stuff. Everybody yeah. posts the good stuff. Yes. And so I see all my friends down there and I'm like, why am I <clears throat> not working harder to get back? <clears throat> Sorry. And, but then I'm like, but I remember nights where I would like cry myself to sleep. Like, what am I doing? I'm so lonely. I'm, I have no money. I'll never have money. Like, it's just like, it's a very difficult thing to do. It's a lot of hard work. And I think that that's why you see some of the people that get ahead because they're just 
crazy workhorses and they just they just they go. really really want it and yeah. good for them good yeah. for them like awesome yeah you know like i don't begrudge anybody no but no i didn't run from frame i was running at it yeah it was running from me <laughs> and i just got tired, tired of, of trying to chase it yeah <laughs> but so but you didn't you'd still work you still do clubs? i still work um you know i yeah i do clubs i you know, I I still do. I I recently, you know, did a voice for a cartoon on uh, Teletoon, and uh, yeah, like so. I still do stuff. Do I do stuff to the degree I was doing it in Toronto? No, all right, because I'm in New Brunswick. Yeah, and nobody gives a shit about me anymore. Right? Like, do you people know. know who you are around here? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes, but there's a lot of retired hockey players around here too. So I'm <laughs> they're not, more famous. I'm not the biggest deal in town. Who's the biggest so. deal in town? Uh, Roly the goalie, I think, would probably be the biggest. Who's Roly the goalie? Oh, he's a goalie named Roly. Um, <laughs> Who did he play for? I don't know. Montreal, <laughs> I think. I don't know. I don't know. Um, he was. And probably- we also have that giant guy. Um, uh, uh, he plays. Uh, he's. Uh, he was a wrestler. Um, Maye is his last name. Oh, it's his first name. But, like, he's the giant in Sherlock Holmes. Remember the giant in Sherlock Holmes? We have, he lives around, well, not right here, but he lives a little further up north. Yeah. And so, yeah, so, no, I'm not the, I'm not the biggest deal. <laughs> I'm not the biggest deal in town. Uh, I love it out here. It's, I think that this is great. I think it's good to be, I think more comics were honest with themselves. It would be better for the industry. You know what I mean? Just um, honest with what they want and, w- and what they want to go for. Yeah, but I think some really do want it. Oh, of course. Yeah. But that's also being honest with yourself. Yeah. I would like to be funny from home. That's yeah. my goal now. I would like to, I would like to write books. Have I'd like you, to write. Have you started writing a book at all? Uh, I'm writing some short stories. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm doing... Um, I'm doing a fine arts degree at uh, Mount A, but I think I'm going to minor in English because, yeah. like, I wrote, like, a short story and I got an A plus on Oh, it. that's so awesome. Um, so, yeah, so I think, like, because comedy kind of did that to me a little. I kind of, you know, I kind of let people tell me that I was more of a performer. Like, not only did I let them tell me that I was filthy, dirty, and nasty, uh, but I also kind of, like, believed... Okay, oh, you're more of a performer than a writer. Yeah. And uh, that's not true. That's not that's true. That's not true at all. But I had to go back to university to, like, dispel that out. myth. Like, what was, what's it like being back at university? I really love it. Yeah. I really love it. Um, it's scary, like, you know, the first week or two when you're in the classroom and you're, like, just, you know, you're, you could have given birth to everybody in the room. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> Do you find You're yourself? Like, oh man, I am so old. Do you feel like they look at you in sort of like a motherly way? Even though no, like, no, they're no. Your, they don't. I'm just the old lady in the class. The old lady, <laughs> over there. But it's it's got to be awesome. It's awesome. I'm learning so much new things, and yeah, and my confidence in my writing has gone like through the roof, like, because I always thought that's where I was going to be. I was going to be a writer. But then I got told that, no, you hump. <laughs> oh, my God. No, you hump. Like, no, nobody came right out and said that, right? But, but they but they do it in little but ways. Little bits, yeah, little, just, you know, little 
I always get told I'll never be clean. Little little dig, little, (laughs) you know, and then suddenly, you know, you know, you're 17 years in and you think, oh, okay, I'm not a writer. Yeah. I, you know, I'll tell dirty jokes forever and that's what I do. Yeah. Right. And it's not true. It's not true at all. Like, you know. There's so so, many things that people tell you. Yeah, so that's really kind of, that's where I am right now. At 42, my eyes are opening and I'm like, oh, oh, I have this other skill that, you know, I'm really quite good at. And so, yeah, so that's pretty exciting. Do you, how, can you tell what your short story was about? My short story was about the little green crab. Okay. (laughs) I'm in love uh, with this already. We had to write, like, um, like we could, we could have done like a final project that was like a, just an essay, right? About, you know, uh, literary discourse, right? Or you could do a creative uh, project and sort of show your understanding of literary discourse. It's a it's a first year course, right? Yeah. And uh, and by literary discourse, I mean like things like you know uh, symbols, you know, so that you understand what symbols are in 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 literature and what uh, you know and what. Uh, irony is and and all of those you know those were those themes in literature and uh so i decided to and there was like you had different options for the creative one and one was to write um an animal fable um and uh uh sort of like because we did uh we did 15 dogs one of the stories that we did that I don't know that story. It's a really good book. I really need to get book. more into literature. And, uh, <laughs> and so, and I had already read it like twice. Yeah. So, like, I didn't even really need to read it for the class because I was like, that's my favorite, one of my most favorite books. So, um, and uh, so, uh, uh, I think it's fifteen dogs. I don't know how many dogs. There's a lot of dogs. Fifteen, I think sixteen I've heard dogs. Of this book. Like, sixteen dogs. Fifteen dogs. I don't fucking. I, a lot of dogs. That's a lot of dogs. A lot of dogs. All right. <laughs> and uh, and so. Uh, yeah, and um, so I uh, I wrote an animal fable about the little green crab, which is an invasive species here in New Brunswick, like for real. Really? And uh, so I wrote it like a good point of view of like, um, you know, uh, 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 you know, like uh, white settlers in North America. Yeah. And, um, and, and just lots of different issues that we're facing now, not just, you know, not just, you know, uh, you know, our issues of, you know, coming here and, you know, kind of stealing the land, but also yeah. like, you know, not even, not being good stewards of the land either, right? But it's all these things that the little green crab is really doing. It's encroaching on its territory. It keeps, it came from Europe. <laughs> How did it get here? Uh, different boats and stuff like that. And as the water warms, they just keep as the as the water as the ocean keeps warming, yeah, they they just can live longer, lo- and they can live in different places, yeah. right? Whereas they couldn't live in the North Atlantic before, they can now, right? Because oh it's warmer. So, and they come and they eat all the eel grass, and they eat everything. Like they'll eat anything. They'll eat each other if they oh have to, right? Like so, like they're <laughs> they're vicious little crabs, and so we're trying to, you know, they're trying to figure out how to deal with this invasive species before it eats everything right (laughs) and uh so yeah so i just wrote it as like you know like the little green crabs are like trump supporters and (laughs) and they're like (laughs) and and they 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 found like uh an old book by ann rand 
uh, <laughs> was on a luxury steamer that sunk. <laughs> so they were like followers of, of Anne Rand's philosophy. Because oh we had to work that in too. It, part of the course was also how literature uh, crosses history mm-hmm. and uh, like the other humanities, right? So like how it crosses, uh, you know, history and philosophy and religious studies. And so, like, I had to work all that in, too, right? Like, and so, yeah. And so I worked in, like, you know, North America is, like, you know, early on there was this thing, like, Manifest Destiny, where, like, you know, where North Americans kind of have this in their head that, you know, oh, we're supposed to teach the world how to be like us, right? Everyone should be like us. uh, And that's kind of like, you know, tidying the religion a bit. And uh, so I I kind of tied that into the, like, explain why the little green crabs think that they're supposed to be doing this. (laughs) Like, and uh, yeah, so that's... That was my little green you're crab. You're so cute. Uh, when you're talking about your writing, you just, like, light up. Oh, cool. It is It is cool. Yay. It Yay. is cool to hear that you have that you have this thing that you're really passionate about. I really enjoy it. I really I really like writing. So, Do you have, like, a yeah. process? Because I've always thought I would like to sit down and write some short stories, but I'm, I've always been told I'm not a writer either, even in school. Yeah. My teachers always. Don't I never, believe people. Yeah. Don't. Don't believe people. And, like, my English prof was, like, you know, he, he super awesome dude. Like, he's just, yeah. he's fun. He's Terry Clement, if oh Terry God, Clement amazing. was, like, a professor of English. <laughs> and, uh, oh, my God, look at that gigantic fly. Oh, that's a horse fly. Oh, that's scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of scary bugs in the country. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, um, super awesome dude. And he's, like, you know... It don't let what your teachers told you in high school yeah. affect teachers who are you are. so right. Like you know, not that you know, but it sticks yeah. with people. Especially as I remember being told by some teachers that I was not good, and then I were like not like good at whatever. I yeah, was I was to told do. that I was too wordy. Yeah, in high school, like that my stuff. writing was too wordy, and yeah, I. I, but I also Where remember do you having... want words? <laughs> this English is English. Oh, you told me I had to write 5,000 words. All these words are English. <laughs> it's true. Like, what do you mean, too wordy? But it's, it's yeah. those teachers will, that will stick with you, the good and the bad. Like, I had teachers that were great that always told me to just follow whatever I wanted. Like, they were very supportive, but then you also have those teachers that told you, and it sticks with you for a very long time. It's weird how, like, the negative stuff sticks with you so much but that's like comedy longer too. and harder than yeah because like i've had you know way more people encourage me yeah than discourage me but i remember the people that discourage the, yeah you. it's like oh they're telling the truth yeah they're the ones they're being honest they're the one me. person in the crowd that's not yeah. laughing yeah they're so that's you know, my audience that's the emperor's new clothes kid yeah all right yeah yeah so it's yeah so it's good that you're unlocking this and you're turning Turning it into something amazing, but okay, yeah. how do you write a story? What's a good like? What's a good like little Nikki Payne writing workshop? I don't know. I'm learning. <laughs> I am learning as I go. Yeah. So I I don't know if it's you know like it's kind of different than stand up writing. Um. 
Yes, but no. Like, you know, it's similar, but sometimes different. I mean, I guess it's a little crab thing. I don't think I have a process yet. I'm still too, yeah. I'm still learning. So, but, <laughs> but like with the little green crab, I just went and learned everything about the little green crab I could possibly learn. Yeah. Right. And then just tried to work that into, you know, acting like they were people. that's that is like i think right what you know but like and that's another thing i learned too that like you don't have to have like like a thesaurus type vocabulary if you speak in your own voice right not that it isn't good to learn new words Words, that's not what i mean but you know you don't have to write in a you know you don't have to you don't have to sound like you have a phd in words like yeah you know, exactly. like you, you know some of you know some of the best writers out there like thomas king like you know he writes you know and he's a professor of english right but yet when you read his when you read his uh when you read his stuff it's very you know accessible yeah yeah it's so, easy to read yeah so it's not like you know yeah, like, that was another thing that, you know, because I guess because I swear, people think I don't have a good vocabulary. Yeah, people's yeah. perception I on everything. I pretty okay. I think you're pretty I smart. I did say manifest destiny in this interview. <laughs> suck on that. What about Smarties. children's book? I think you could write some well, amazing my, children's my, books. Well, my little uh, green crab is l- like a child's book, but yeah. for... Because I even drew pictures for it. Are you serious? Yeah, well, because another one of the humanities was like uh, fine art, right? Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm going into the fine art program. So I did little doodles of little green crabs. You can draw as I well. had one where there's like a lobster with a sign that says lobster lives matter. <laughs> and then this little asshole green crab coming over with all sea life matters. <laughs> and the lobster's just giving him side eye. <laughs> So yeah, I... you should write. Like I've always, th- I've always thought. I don't know. Maybe with like the way that the world is today, and everybody is so attention deficit disorder, they need to write children's style books for adults. Yeah, uh, yeah. picture books for adults. <laughs> I think that you, the, are you, you could... saying we're getting dumb? I uh, yeah, we are. People are dumb. We're we're getting dumb. We're maybe not, but we're definitely getting like he's right there. Yeah. Less attention. Good. All good. He's in the shade because. <laughs> He's like a, my dog's like a sun worshiper. Yeah. And you have to like pull him out of the sun because like he will cook himself. Really? Yeah. <laughs> he loves the heat. They love the heat. You vote, and you've traveled with your Emilio Estevez. Yeah. Before yeah, all the girl younger. comics were getting When he was younger, he was, a, he was a little rogue comic. Yeah. Um, he hates it now. You know, he's like, no, I'm going to stay here. Well, look at his beautiful yeah. yard and I don't think he'd want to go and sit in a hotel room. Uh, the only reason I bring Eugene on the road with me is because he is good and he wants yeah. to be with me. Emilio used to love it. Yeah. Yeah, he used to love it. But, but it's like getting he's, older. He's, yeah, he's 10 now. That's like me. I used to love the road. Now I'm just like, really? <sighs> How many more days am I out here for? How late do I have to stay up? Although I didn't feel that oh, on this tour. The 10.30 show? Yeah. <laughs> I did uh, do another one. <laughs> uh, and... You've never been like a crazy party comic. I, no, I was never built for this. But never. if you are, you come back and they it's still think you I are. It's amazing I stayed in this business as long as I did. <laughs> yeah. 
Because I'm not a night person. Yeah. Now I'm really not a night person. I want to cry when I see there's a 10.30 show. What time do you go to bed? What's your bedtime? 10.30. That's your bedtime? That's late night. Yeah, that sounds late. You know, like, it's nine usually. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I was never built for this. Emilio, get out of the goddamn sun. Get in the shade. (laughs) Come here. You're going to cook. He loves it. He's a sun worshiper. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I find that the longer that I'm on the road, the more I just want to not be. But I didn't find that I'm on this you, tour. I'm bumming you out, though. No, the you're not I'm bumming on the me road, out. The more I don't want to be. It's really, I've gotten to see really cool things. That's like, exactly what I it is. I love what comedy, like, Comedy opened the world to me. So, like, I don't want to be all like, oh, I We got to go on a fishing comedy boat. Comedy brought me my little cottage. Yes. You know, comedy took me to, like, Afghanistan and Europe and, like, crazy places. Yeah. I've been to Israel doing comedy. Like, don't get me wrong. The world, like, was open to me. Like, I hadn't even been on a plane before I started doing comedy. That's amazing. So, like... Like, please, I don't want this to sound like, oh, I, comedy did nothing but break my spirit. I don't and, think it sounds like this at all. You know, like, I loved my years. I look back on them as an amazing time. Yeah. I just don't want to travel anymore. <laughs> like, it, it, but, unless it's on vacation with, like, girlfriends. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of fun stuff. I haven't been on a vacation that has not included comedy in probably six or, six or seven years. I went on one last year. I saw that. You went on a girl vacation. We went to Europe, yeah. How many of you yeah. went? Yeah, there was like, uh, Kate, me, Fern, six of us. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And where did you go? We went to England first. Uh, my uh, good friend Kate Davis, who's a comedian. Yeah, amazing. Uh, I, I, she... um. Uh, it was her birthday, so we went to her. She grew up in England. She was born in England, so we went to her best friend in England's Mandy's farm. Oh my gosh! And we hung out on the farm, which I didn't want to leave. I loved it so much. Yeah. And then we went to London for a couple of days, and then we went to Portugal. Oh my gosh! Yeah. It was just forty-five degrees in Portugal. Was it? It wasn't <laughs> that bad when we were there. When you were in the yeah. winter, or no? It was it was summertime. It was last, last summer. summer. It was just after they had a heat wave. Yeah, and it was it was lovely. It was like here. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it wasn't. Yeah, no, I would have died. I hate heat like that. I yeah, hate heat like that. But yeah, no, it was fine. And uh, yeah, and uh, the farm was amazing. She had like sheep. Oh, right, uh, Rodney and his girlfriends. <laughs> one one Rodney, one boy, and then he had a couple. It was more of a like rescue kind of farm, like a fun farm. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's you know, what I want. They were her pets. Yeah, you know, they weren't, you know, yeah. But that's but that's what I don't know. You got that experience because you knew Kate, and I have always found that the funnest experiences I've had were because I'm in comedy, and people yeah. just want it. Like we just oh went. Oh my god, comedy's like you know, my god, I never. I've never really had to work like a job yeah. job. Like yeah. it's like being retired. Smoke. Like, you know it's not in the converse that it's like, yeah, like being Yeah, it's like being semi retired. Yeah. Like, you know, like I got no complaints about no. the life comedy has afforded me. Right. Yeah. I'm not rich, but I'm not poor either and I don't have to work nine to five to have 
a car in a house. Yeah. That's the thing is, like, like I just don't want to work in a cubicle yeah. ever again. Oh, your dog's taking off. Oh. Yeah, there he goes. He's like, I'm going <laughs> to go up Frank now. I've had enough. Oh, Amelia's yelling at him. Amelia, you do not need to go with him. Turn around. <laughs> so lovely. <laughs> lovely interview. This is really Our fun. Our dog's being dickheads. There's lots of screaming, lots of yelling. Mm. Um, so what is your, so what is, what is your future like? What do you think? You don't know. That's a good feeling. I don't know. Well, yeah. Scary and good. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'd like to finish my degree, which I'm pecking away at it slowly. How long I'll will be it take like, you? I'll be 80 by the time, I, <laughs> by the time I'm done. And I keep switching programs, too, so that just keeps making it longer. Because yeah. I'm like, I want to be an artist today. <laughs> I want to do this now. Right. So, you know, so it's uh, it's going to take a while. Uh I'm still a first-year student, and I've been going to school for a year now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, so, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I really would like to be a writer, and I don't know if I'm jinxing myself by saying that on, you I know. And not like a TV writer. I don't want to be in a writer's You want to write room. your own stories. I don't want to be in a writer's room. I really don't. Like, I would do it, like, if I could write for a show from home. Mm-hmm send my stuff into them and they just pay me for whatever they use. Yeah. Right? Like, that would be... Your ideal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah. Does that exist in Canada? I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea if that exists in Canada. I don't know if that exists. Um, I would do that. Yeah. But I don't want to sit in a writer's room. Have you ever done a one-woman show? I tried, but it turned into stand-up. Yeah. And you still have to tour that. But I, I do feel... a one-woman show in my living room. <laughs> do a one-woman show in my living to room. To Emilio and Battlecat? To Emilio and Battlecat. Like, if I could do, like, what Abba's doing. Like, Abba's sending, like, avatars. So they're not touring. <laughs> is this for real? Yeah, this is for real. Google this shit. <laughs> Abba apparently is uh, going on tour, but they're not really going on tour. They're just going to do it from they're their gonna house? Be, uh, there's going to be avatars. Ab- I <laughs> do the show, and people just watch the avatars. This sounds so ridiculous so, right now, but in ten years, probably it's going to be everything. Yeah. So if I could do like a Nikki Tar, <laughs> and just sang like my avatar out, then yeah, I would do comedy for the rest of my life. I feel like do you know, right. Graham Graham Clark is sort of doing something with his show. Graham Clark is not here. Right. He's doing some, but with iPads and he's stuff. He's a genius. He is a genius. He's, he's ahead genius. of his time. He's ahead of his time. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Because I, yeah. You I just don't want to, you don't want to travel as I don't much? Wa- don't want to be. On the road. On the road yeah. anymore. It's, I don't eat well. I don't sleep well. It's better for when I, you're younger. You know, and it takes me like a week to shake it off. Yeah. Like, you know, I have depression and anxiety. Not that that should keep you from doing anything you want to do. Right. But I find personally that I am healthier and happier when I have a much more scheduled existence. Yeah. Right? And that doesn't mean I don't want to travel ever. That doesn't mean I want to hide in my house. It just means that sometimes comedy is not conducive to that. Mm -hmm. It's lonely. Mm -hmm. It's long. It's not, you know, it's not like this where you're traveling right now and it's summer and beautiful. But summer is generally when people don't want to watch comedy. Yeah. 
And uh, and so generally they want to watch it in the middle of winter. winter, and you're the one that has to drive yeah. three hours to get to them. That it, turns into six because there's know, a blizzard. And it's like, oh, I'm going <laughs> to die. I'm going to die on this highway. And then you get to, you know, uh, for some reason they love to put us up in ho- hotels on the side of the highway <laughs> where you have no access to food. Oh, my God. I or anything. Oh, like, look, you can have a chip your buffet. Only, your only access to food is, like, a machine. Yeah. Right? And your breakfast in the morning. So, you know, you end up ordering pizza. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're just trapped on the side of the highway until somebody comes to get you to take you to the show. And then they bring you back to the highway. Like, it's... That, that, it's you're, not as glamorous. You're describing the road right? exactly you know, as you should. Festivals are great because yeah. they put you up in a hotel that are near things. And you have fun. And there's other comedians. Yeah. And, oh, what the morning dove. And my oh, dog pretty. jumped out of the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> it just um, fell from the sky. Yeah, it just kind of was beautiful. <laughs> oh, fuck, there's people here. <laughs> and then Amelia jumped out of the bushes at him. Oh. <sighs> um, but, yeah, I feel... This tour has been really fun because we've been doing stuff every day. Mm-hmm. You know, like we've been going out and, and doing things. And you're not things, alone. And I'm not alone. You're touring with people. Yeah. Normally that doesn't happen. Yeah. That's why I think I've like, been having a really good time on this tour. But it usually I'm just, I sit in my hotel room because what am I going to do? It's cold out. Yeah. It's wet out. You're trapped on the side of the highway. What are you going to do? Walk down the side of the train, stand at a highway to try to get to a Tim Hortons? Yeah. Trust me, how many times? Well, I had a nickel for every time I walked down a dangerous highway to try to get to the Tim Hortons <laughs> on the other side of the goddamn highway. <laughs> or like when they had the Newfoundland yuck yucks and they had you in a house. I'm always trapped. You're always <laughs> trapped in Newfoundland. I always and that was before comedy. I've been trapped in Newfoundland as a child. <laughs> what does that like, mean? Like the weather just traps you. <laughs> I was like nine, and we went down in May for a funeral, and then all of a sudden there was a crazy snowstorm was- in May, and we had to pull off to the side of the road because we had summer tires on at that point. And uh, yeah, no, Newfoundland's been trying to kill me <laughs> Newfoundland- since I was born. <laughs> Newfoundland tries to kill everybody that comes onto that yeah. rock. And if it's with snow, if it's with alcohol, whatever, they yeah. try to kill you as soon as you yeah. get on that rock. No, no. In the Welcome nicest way possible. You're going to die. <laughs> In the nicest way possible, yeah. they want you to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, it's just a Do you nightmare. think that the niceness is a disguise for their they murders? They have to be nice. <laughs> they have to be nice. They have to be. Sorry. Our... Rock tried to murder you. <laughs> we'll be super nice to you. I've definitely almost died a few times yeah. in Newfoundland. Yeah, yeah. no, my sure. dad's from Newfoundland. It's, yeah, no, I, yeah, they always, it all, it's always trying to kill me. Always trying to kill me. Always trying to kill me. <laughs> do you have any, uh, let's, do you have like a message to all the people that love you out there before we end the podcast? <laughs> or the, oh or do you have God. a message for the all person the that, that told you me. you moved here because you were running away from running fame? From fa- I'm, I still running. I'm still running. <laughs> I found it. It was hiding behind my shed the other day. And I'm like, get out of here, fame. I think I see it in the forest back it's there. It's lurking. It's lurking. <laughs> Don't let it catch you. In the bushes. Where are you? I'll get you, Nikki. No, I'll keep running. No, that's, yeah, that was a really weird. Uh, that was, that was, it's, that's just, that was funny. Yeah, but uh, uh, people who love me, 
holy smokes, thank you. You've given me, like, such an awesome life. So thank you <laughs> so much. <laughs> like, and I can't wait for you. literally your... all I can say is, like, holy shit, you gave me a really cool life. Thank you. And I'm so excited for your short storybook because you're going to do it. I don't know. I don't Ebony know. Rosen, I don't know. I started a lot of things and okay. I stopped them. So I'm bad for that. Did so. you know Ebony Rosen wrote a really funny book? Yeah? it's I can't remember. It's What's about, it called? I'll f- I'm going to look it up. Uh, Charlie Demers helped uh, put it together. Okay. And it's about history. It's about her version of history. Okay. And it's really funny. Oh, God, I got to find that. And I can't remember I what it's called that. right now. But That's yeah. going to be my next book. You can read I it. Read. And then you can do it. I, I'm looking summer forward. summer reading hardcore. Because like, when you're in school, you're just reading what they tell you to yeah. read. And uh, so I've been, like, catching up on all the things I've been wanting to read yeah. this summer. Yeah. It's going to be. And get inspired. That's what I do is, like, I'll I'll do something that I want to do. I'll look at it. And then I'm, like, get inspired to do it myself. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I can do that. <laughs> Thanks for having us in your backyard. Let's go to the beach. Yeah, let's go to the beach. <laughs> Everyone listen up. Start the podcast. It's got a favorite host with the coolest guest. Make us laugh.